red flags, but okay podcast beginning in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey, Jen. Hello, Kate. Did you hear my cat? I did. I thought that was me <laughs> echoing in the background, and I was like, uh-oh, but then cat. I was like... <laughs> I heard my cat saying hi to you through the door. <laughs> that tracks. But uh, how are you doing today? How was your last two weeks? We know we didn't record last week. Don't take it personally. Um, Great. I would be doing better if I had had soup and salad for dinner tonight. Yeah. So uh, welcome to Olive Garden, <laughs> where we have unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks. And when uh, you're here, you're family. This is the Weird Flex <laughs> podcast where we are Olive Garden. So where, what are we, what are we doing we- this week? We've said it a hundred <laughs> times already. Soup and salad. You we don't have to choose salad. which one you want. You, you get, get both. both. You get both. Um, I am soup. I also have sunglasses on, so I can't even look at myself because <laughs> I look so stupid. <laughs> it's, she looks really cool. I look so dumb. I had my eyes dilated and it hurts so bad. <laughs> but I had stuff to do anyway. I, just, I also had to drive myself home like across the island. Because um, they didn't warn me I was getting my eyes dilated. But that has nothing to do with soup or salad. I mean, I do look old and old people love soup. So maybe we could tie it in there. But, there we uh, go. It's tied in. Each we day go. we yeah. record, it's a new way for us to find some random way to tie things together. <laughs> we're we're going to go to bad intro jail very soon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that you started last time. So I, I believe did. I start this time. And I am doing soup. Hit me with it. I'll throw soup at you. Soup. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we will do a musical episode. Jen will just do it herself. <laughs> she doesn't need me. <laughs> okay, listen, Jennifer, are you aware of the primordial soup theory? No. Okay. So basically, it was thought up in the 1920s by Alexander Oparin, who was Russian, and John Burden Sanderson Haldane, don't know his nationality, (laughs) feels British, though. And it goes a little bit like this. An accumulation of organic material, a soup, if you will, and I will, um, swirled around for hundreds of millions of years until some kind of outside energy force, such as a comet or meteor, touched down. And out of the soup sprung all living things. So basically what you're saying is a cracker got thrown into the soup and it splashed everywhere and created Earth and life. Yeah, if the cracker was from space. (laughs) (laughs) A space cracker. A space cracker. (laughs) The thing about this theory is that it's an offshoot of spontaneous generation, which you discussed in a previous episode. Yes, I did. And, um guess what? They're both probably bunk. (laughs) Well, we know that spontaneous (laughs) generation is bunk, but it's very unlikely that primordial soup really carries that much weight, though it is similar to what we believe to be the reality of it. So new research suggests that the kickstart of life on earth was actually chemical energy from hydrothermal vents coming from volcanoes under, under the ocean, not extraterrestrial, no, no alien help needed. But yeah, that's primordial soup. We all sprung forth from the primordial soup. That's very interesting. I like it. I'm gonna, I like the soup theory. I like the soup theory too. And what really happened is probably actually pretty similar to the soup theory. It's just not mm-hmm. 
it's just not from space like the the russian and the probable brit <laughs> believed it to be <laughs> no it's it was justin timberlake flying in on a meteor going soup there it is oh my god and that, that is how earth was created i'm true. going to continue to reference that snl skit yeah if you don't know what that is you can pause this right now and go look it up because we're, we'll continue to talk about it and it will get weird just google justin timberlake soup snl yeah you'll get there Alrighty then. I'm starting off my salad facts with our favorite time. Etymology time. Oh, thank God. I was worried we'd never return. I know. It'd been a while. Yeah. We're going to learn where the word salad came from. It's a short one, but it's sweet. In the late 14th century, the old French had the word salade or salad. There's a salad with an E at the end. And that came from the vulgar or Latin word salata, which was shortened from herba salata, which literally translates to salted vegetables, because that was a popular Roman dish. Well, at least they were getting their vegetables. So that's how, yeah, you know, the Romans enjoyed their salted vegetables and herba salata, and then it got turned into salata, and then the French kind of put their own twist on it now we have delicious salads or spongebob squarepants says salad (laughs) he does say that (laughs) i uh i love a good salad do you you eat salad with a lot of your meals i yes i I love me (laughs) she does love me a good salad uh sweet tomatoes slash soup plantation depending where you are Mm -hmm. yeah that was one of my favorite restaurants because i could just eat so many different salads in one sitting i go hard for a salad bar oh yeah love like a salad I, bar i think i'm one of the few people who goes to like all you can eat buffets and literally get salad like i'm yes. obviously not for everything i'm gonna go for something really horrible after that but i like to start off with a salad it feels good yes joe adding joe because i told him we were gonna continue to add him mm-hmm. um says that that's how they get you is with the salad bar and if that's how i get got that's how i get got well joe you probably know this because we've talked about many things (laughs) but i come from a family where my dad always tells us to make sure we eat more in the cost of the food than what we paid for the buffet so the buffet was 45 (laughs) dollars. you have to eat 46 dollars worth of food it doesn't matter if you are full you have to you have to top it it's required you, I so, could eat $46 okay. worth of salads. I feel like I could too, because sometimes salads are really expensive. There's like mm-hmm. $12 salads from just like, you know, McDonald's. simple walk-in window restaurants, not like a fancy schmancy. What mm-hmm. business do you have serving that to me? How dare. I, that's, How dare. That's my hot soapbox I won't go on to. Yeah, hot takes <laughs> with Kate about salad. <laughs> All right, listen, I wanted to take you in the way, way back machine for this one, all the way to medieval Europe, where hunter stew was all the rage. But thanks to Watan Panique in Bangkok, which is a restaurant, I do not have to take you in the way, way back machine because at this restaurant, they have been serving a perpetual stew for 47 years. They're still serving it today in 2021. At the end of the night... The broth is saved and reused to start the soup cooking again the next morning. So it has been a never-ending perpetual stew. It's a beef stew. 
um, but started from the same and it's cooked in the same pot on the same giant open flame. I don't suggest you look it up because there is a giant like hard stone layer of overflowed broth that has like been splashed out for the last 47 years that's basically supporting the pot at this point (laughs) but it's been cooked the same for 47 years and people love it people love it and I would 100% try it would you try it uh yeah it's got to be good if they're continuing it yeah it sounds great to me and I'll like all the the broth is what they save they don't save well I mean i not speaking for them, but I don't believe that they save the the meat and all the veggies and stuff on the mm-hmm. inside. I believe that it's just the they just ladle out what's left of the broth and then continue cooking it the next day with the same. But it's been a never ending chain where they have not completely switched it out and got rid of everything for forty seven years. Very cool. Yeah. I'm so hungry. Yeah, on um Always Sunny, if you watch Always Sunny, you know that Frank has <laughs> sweatshops. <laughs> <laughs> and he yes. often talks about the um the workers in his sweatshop feeding him perpetual stew. So thanks, Frank. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> Kate, when do you typically eat a salad if you're having it with your dinner? Me I know you're supposed to eat it before, or maybe not. Most people eat it before. I eat it in the process. I eat it all together. Me too, me too. I'm a like I like to just jump around from all my items. Joe eats it before. Okay. Well, historical physicians and scientists have some thoughts on that. Hippocrates and Galen. (laughs) I don't know why I was not going to be able to say that for a second there. (laughs) Um, They both argued that salad should be eaten first since it enhanced your digestion. Okay. They believed that it would clear the way through your digestive system for the rest of the food. Others... (laughs) With more high class tastes, believe salad should be eaten last. And I say high class tastes because their reasoning was that the vinegar dressings that were used on a salad made the wine taste awful. So you want to eat the salad last so that it would not interfere with your wine. Okay. Another argument in favor of eating salad later, particularly right before bed, was that lettuce contains properties that make you drowsy. These properties come from a latex, which is a complex mix of proteins, alkaloids, sugars, starches, tannins, resins, and gums that coagulate when they are exposed to air. Um, And approximately 10% of flowering plants produce these latexes, including lettuce, back in the day. Nowadays, it does not happen um, unless you're, like, growing some real old lettuce. Okay, so it's like the lettuce that we eat has evolved out of doing this? Yeah, you could probably find lettuce that still does this if you're, like, you know, growing and harvesting it yourself. trying to eat latex, though. Yeah, I'm not. Um, especially because it. it makes you sleepy. Yeah, you're eating latex like, and it makes you tired. No, we're jumping from supporting pre-bedtime salad snacks to be uh, being against them. They were also thought to cause impotence, <laughs> so much so that a first-century physician, Dioscorides, Dioscorides, that right to me. yeah, Greek. It's all Greek to me. Hey suggested lonely men enlisted in Nero's army should eat a salad before sleeping to help prevent 
libidinous images. <laughs> okay, so you're supposed libidinous. To eat, yeah. You're supposed to eat salad so that you don't have a wet dream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So, based on all of these arguments, what do you think? First, last, right before bed. Um, I think that I am correct in eating it in the middle of my meals, which was not suggested <laughs> by any Greeks. I agree. <laughs> okay. Now, the two of us have our own special theory that it must be eaten in the midst of your meal. Mm-hmm. Cleanses your palate. Sure. Let's, let's start that theory. I don't, I don't consume super strong... Like, I do have vinegar-based stuff a lot of the time, but I don't really have, like, super strong dressings. Yeah. So I don't... I usually do a Caesar. Oh, I do love a Caesar. Oh, love a good Caesar. Okay, listen. This one's a little bit of a long one. Not as long as some of the ones I've done, though, so you guys have lucked out. But, Jennifer, I have spoken to nearly every person I know about how I want my remains to be disposed of. I I think I'm like afraid that people that like somebody's not going to tell the next person down the line (laughs) and that I'll, I'll get embalmed. My biggest fear is getting embalmed. That's my nightmare. Um, I promise I will not let that happen. Thank you. Please don't let them embalm me. So I want to be composted with absolutely no fanfare whatsoever. That's my wish. Um, I want to be useful upon my death. There is a very appealing alternative, though, for anyone who has ever wanted to become soup that is then flushed down the drain. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm all right with it. I understand. I was really wondering where you were going when you started about how you, what you wanted done after you die and soup, and I was real concerned. But... Oh, I've thought about human soup a lot, which, by the way, I was going to do putrefaction as one of my topics. So you guys <laughs> really lucked out that I'm going with this instead. Because I was going to get into full decomp and nobody wants that. So um, I understand that the idea of being liquefied is unappealing to most people, but it actually sounds really great to me. And it's called alkaline hydrolysis. And it's a process where a body is put into what amounts to a giant pressure cooker with precise amounts of potassium hydroxide and water. And the tank is pressurized and heated to 152 degrees Celsius, 305 Fahrenheit if you're nasty. Hilarity ensues, smash cut to a few hours later, when all that's left is a pile of very clean bones and a tea-colored broth. That's what's left of you. So the broth is drained off and disposed of, and it's even safe to flush down the drain. The bones are then ground up and given back to the deceased loved ones. Um, If this sounds horrible to you, if you are like, this is the worst, I can't believe you do this to a human being... Please consider that it is definitely no more or less barbaric than using obscene amounts of natural gas to light a dead body on fire, rake out what's left after a few hours, grind it, uh, grind all the big chunks up, and then package it to give back to the family. It's that's that's what happens in cremation. This is no no more or less worse than that. So it's currently legal in 18 states, though its widest use is in the animal disposal industry, which I actually have heard a lot of people saying that that actually does a disservice to this when it comes to disposing of human remains, because people will think of it as like, Oh, this is how you get rid of a cow. And they don't want to go out that way though. We cremate animals too. So, and we cremation is one of like the, the biggest ways of disposing of bodies. So not really sure what direction we'll go with that, but I think it's definitely something that everywhere needs to widely put out there because it's way it uses way less resource 
and is way better for the environment than traditional cremation. And a lot of people call it water cremation, but I'll, I'll just call it making soup. How about that? <laughs> what, what do you think? Would you get turned into a soup? Uh, yeah, I think so. I would. If that was the only option, absolutely. I think my I, number one choice is still being planted as a tree. That Right? That sounds great. That sounds great. So if you are a person who um, is really fascinated by what happens to dead bodies and stuff like that, or if you are wondering what to do with yourself when you go, this is an option. You could be, uh, you could be turned into a soup you could, or you could be alkaline hydrolyzed. Sounds so fancy. I know it is. And you get to be in a pressure cooker. You get to be in an Instapot. I'm just picturing, sorry, my phone's on super loud noise. It's like, what's the, it's the 2021 thing of being like, do you want to be Instapotted or do you want to be, what's the other one? What's the other one everyone's using? Air fried. Air fried. There you go. I'm just picturing like, you know, those like um, little like tea bag things that you get where it looks like someone's just chilling on the coffee cup. That's what I'm picturing. (laughs) You're just hanging out on the edge of like a giant pot. (laughs) That's crazy. Which also I will state it does not cook you. It seems like it would, but it doesn't because the extremely high pressurized alkaline solution liquefies you, which is why you're turning into a soup. Because it is actually turning you into a liquid. That's way cooler. Mm -hmm. You should feel extra lucky today, Kate. Because in a way, you're getting two different etymology segments. Oh, thank God. We're going to break down the history behind the term salad days. Yeah. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, I am. I've actually used it. But now that I think of it, I don't know what it means. (laughs) 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 Why did I use it? It is a Shakespearean idiomatic expression that means a youthful time in one's life and typically includes inexperience, enthusiasm, innocence, indiscretion, and idealism. A lot of eyes. Okay. And those all describe me at all times. (laughs) The phrase originated in Shakespeare's Antony and Cleopatra way back in 1606. And I'm going to give the exact quote, and I'm not going to do it in iambic pentameter because I never really understood that. My salad days, when I was green in judgment, cold in blood, to say as I said then. This was Cleopatra regretting having hooked up with Caesar. (laughs) Same. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's just going to stab Caesar. We all hooked up with him and we hate him. Let's meet at the Senate. From the 19th century, it became popular, and it was used in different films, television shows, music, and theater productions. Queen Elizabeth II even used the quote in a speech. So now next time when you think of something awkward or embarrassing from your childhood, you can just remind yourself that those were your salad days, and you can't be blamed. Well, that's great. I mean, I think I'm currently in my salad days, but then again, I have imposter syndrome. So I always feel like I'm 16 and I'm faking everything. Just keep reminding yourself that it's your salad days. It's my salad days until I die. (laughs) And then you can become a soup. Then it's your soup days. (laughs) (laughs) One to the other. Okay. So let's hop into the way, way back machine. I I told you I would take you in it eventually. Here we go. Um, We're going to the spring of 1962. Not that far. Andy Warhol 
is a commercial illustrator making a name for himself in the comic strip game. So pop art is just starting to get legs. And then suddenly he sees the work of Roy Lichtenstein, a favorite of my sister, Nikki. Shout out to Nikki, who's getting married. She's got engaged. She doesn't listen to the podcast, except for sometimes. Um, So (laughs) he says, you know what? I'll never be that good, which is true. I mean, Roy Lichtenstein, his paintings are Google it. If you don't, if you don't know it off the top of your head, then you do know it. You just don't know the name. Everybody's seen a Lichtenstein. So he gives up comic strips and comic art, and then he's rudderless, looking for something new to hitch his art wagon to, when suddenly a gallerist and interior decorator named Muriel Latau, Lato, dunno, friend of Warhol, said just paint something you see every day and something everyone will recognize. Something like a can of Campbell's soup. The original 32 Campbell's soup cans, which is what the piece was called. And it's, guess what? 32 Campbell's soup cans. <laughs> it did just okay in gallery. It sold aight. Later versions were screen printed instead of hand painted and took on a life of their own with various changes and colors and just just hues that you would have never thought of and it there was tons and tons of them made because they were screen printed though reception was kind of met at first in 2006 one of his 1962 soup cans which they were each individual soup cans it wasn't all of them together on one painting so one of the original 32 sold at auction for 11 million dollars oh my gosh yeah so on top of that, they're completely iconic and recognizable. I have a mug in my cabinet with the soup cans on it. So, I mean, everybody's seen them. I feel like people, I feel like more people have seen the Warhol soup cans than have actually physically looked at a Campbell's soup can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for the record, Warhol did not pay Campbell's, but they did commission paintings from him. So technically over time <laughs> they paid, they paid him. But yeah, that's uh, that's Campbell's soup cans, and that's how the big, probably the biggest piece of pop art ever made came to be. Which some people say, "How is this art?" And here is what I will say to you: as a, as an artist, as a person who loves art, if anybody thinks it's art, then it's art. It doesn't matter what you think. I did not know they were all individual. Yeah, because I've only ever like seen them all together. Yeah, so the the original ones was 32 separate paintings and they were about, I don't know the exact size, but they were about the size of just like a eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, not much bigger than that. And they were all framed and put out, you know, near each other. But then over time when the screen printing was happening and different paintings were happening, they would have some of them that were all together, basically in a a big upright rectangle, Mm -hmm. which I think is what you're thinking of. Yep. Very cool. Thank you for that. Do you like Warhol paintings or do you think it's just I? I do like them. I like them. I like the ideas behind them. I think that pop Mm -hmm. art is pretty cool, though it is just like not really like my type of art necessarily. But I do. I do appreciate it for what it is. Okay. I'm going to go into my salesman pitch right here. Oh, good. Sell it. Sell it. Are you a poor millennial looking for a way to make extra cash to afford your astronomical rent? Yeah, obviously. Well, look no further. I have a solution for you. Give it to me. Listen closely as I tell you about salad magic. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She's a green witch. (laughs) It's pretty much, yeah, being a green witch. Salad magic is using the natural magical properties of ingredients found in salads and combining them to achieve the right 
magical goal. In okay. this case, we're going to be talking about Mo Money. Okay, yeah, salad money. Give it, give it. <laughs> so let's talk about which ingredients will help you the most. Arugula, when yeah. combined with darker greens, can create cleverness in a financial situation. Mm. Bib lettuce is a good choice because the round shape gives it its connection with the moon and prosperity magic. Okay, a little bit looser. All right. (laughs) Red and green leaf lettuce have strong ties to money magic. And lastly, Swiss and rainbow chard. Chard, right? Yes. Or is it shard? Chard. I feel like it's chard, but also we're close enough. Yeah. They are useful for those who are looking for employment me and want to get ahead financially jen's about to buy an entire swiss chart farm (laughs) she wants it so bad so when you're making a salad maybe use one or more of these for the base and really focus on that money intention I love it. Notice that uh, nobody said anything about the super boring types of lettuce that have no nutritional value. We're talking dark greens here. We're talking various colors. So everybody mm-hmm. remember that. Don't don't eat I, your boring, nutritionless salad. Unpopular opinion? Mm-hmm. I love arugula. I love arugula too. What's wrong with it? Why don't people I just, love it? Is it the shape? Do they hate the shape? I don't know. I don't think it's um, of the any pod, Mariah. Than any other dark one. Mariah doesn't friend like the, arugula? Yes, and she was in, when she went to Italy, that's like all their salads are made up, made of, and mm-hmm. I think that ruined it for her. I don't know. Friend of the pod, Mariah, confirm or deny. <laughs> friend of the pod, Mariah, can you let us know why exactly you don't like arugula? I feel like it tastes the same as all other darker greens. I think... Um, it's got a little bit, maybe more of a bitter taste in it or something that some people don't like, but that's what I like about it. I like an arugula mix, like a um, baby spinach arugula mix. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're both like starving. (laughs) Give us a mix. Give me a nice like garlic vinaigrette over it. Mm. This is giving me the push I needed to have a salad for lunch because I need, I need to, I got to manifest a couple things. There you go. Now you know what to do. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, Jen, listen, as a book lover, this one's goofy as hell. You guys know it's coming. (laughs) It's number five. Um, As a book lover and a frequenter of bookstores, and especially of our favorite Barnes and Noble, (laughs) where these are rampant, I think that Barnes and Noble is held up by these particular books. I'm assuming you are aware of Chicken Soup for the Soul branded books. (gasps) Yes. I believe that the foundations of every Barnes and Noble is actually made of stacked chicken soup for the soul books. <laughs> so God, do I used you, to read those all the time. Do you own any? Not anymore. Currently. Okay. I don't know if I do. So I know that I have owned some, maybe one. I know I had one like as a teenager, but I can't remember which one. I don't know. I feel like it was some sort of like chicken soup with a teenage soul type of thing. Yeah, they had like six parts, I feel like, by the time I was in college. Yeah, so I read the entire list, and that's what I'm getting into now. Um, For those of you in the know, those of you who are hip, Chicken Soup for the Soul are books compiling inspired... Why can't I say that? 
are books compiling inspiring and heartwarming stories and poetry. The first book was published in 1993 by two motivational speakers, which I think is the dumbest job in the world, but that is just moi. And they've gone on to make nearly 300 different books for just about every single human being and sometimes pets on this planet to enjoy. Yes, there are some you're supposed to read to your pets. Jen, I'm going to get them. I, I mean, I think Alwyn just really wants some chicken soup for his soul. I think he does, too. So, I also think he just wants some chicken soup for his belly. He probably does that, too. Um, after scouring the internet, I have decided to compile a list of a few of my absolute favorite chicken soup for the soul titles. I'm so excited. I'm bouncing right. right now, guys. This is I'm my so top excited. five. This is my top five. So, number one. Chicken soup for the woman golfer's soul. <laughs> Specifically for the, which by the way, there's two parts to the man golfer's soul. And only one part to the women golfer's soul. So I'll take offense to it for no reason. Do Number it. two, chicken soup for the scrapbooker's soul. <laughs> that should, I didn't know that was like a classification of person who had their own individual emotions that had to be dealt with in the mm-hmm. moment. Do you um, think you can scrapbook pages in the book? You know they did that, 100%. Mm-hmm. They made a scrapbook of Chicken Soup for the Scrapbooker's Soul. Number three, this one feels like somebody could, in this position could definitely use it, but Chicken Soup for the Prisoner's Soul. Oh. Yeah, they could probably use it. Number four, Chicken things. Soup for the Canadian Soul. <laughs> hey. Cool, eh? And then number five, this <laughs> this one is dedicated to you in particular. Oh no. <laughs> Is it the cheese lover soul? <laughs> no. Chicken soup for the soul. Colon. The cat did what? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, mean, I could have enough stories to fill a whole book. So yeah, that's chicken soup for the soul. Um, I would, I would like to throw it out there that anybody, anybody who is listening to this right now, please either email it to us or DM it to us on the Instagram weirdflexpodcast at gmail dot com or weirdflexpodcast on Instagram. Tell me one, what chicken soup for the souls you currently own or have owned, and two, if you were going to make one that didn't already exist, what would it be? I would love to know. Chicken soup for the soulless. Thank you. Yes, that's perfect. Tale. But yeah, that's All uh, right, Kate. that's chicken soup for the soul, which I'm gonna I'm gonna probably never buy one of those. I miss them. Those were good days. Moms have to give them to you. It's the law. Mm-hmm. I am ending my portion with a request from you. Oh, this request was made off air. Okay, <laughs> but Kate requested that if I cover salad, I have to list all of the salads that are not salads. Yep. Because I love <laughs> a mayonnaise-based. Yep, but they're pretty much all mayonnaise-based. I don't know just why. mayonnaise, I think. Yeah, it's just, it's a mayonnaise salad. Um, So I'm going to list the ingredients, if I can't, if uh, the general ingredients. People make their own little twists on it. Of course. Um, and we're also going to say if we've ever eaten them or if we okay. would eat them. Okay. First up, ambrosia salad. 
It's a combination of sour cream, whipped cream, canned mandarin oranges, canned pineapples, maraschino cherries, coconut flakes, crushed nuts, and mini marshmallows. Okay, I am on record as hating ambrosia salad. And I don't care. So many people have said, well, my mom makes it so good. I don't care about your mom. I don't like ambrosia salad. It's not good. Can I make it worse? Are you putting raisins there in There are some truly chaotic, evil people out there who choose to make it with cottage cheese or mayonnaise. Fine. 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 You do, what you, you do whatever you want. Do it. Go ahead. You can be from the Midwest. I don't care. Fine. <laughs> Next up is gelatin salad, which was nope. like... <laughs> No, I, no, I have been to a Thanksgiving where this would happen. No, get away from me. Okay, proceed. In case you're not familiar with it, it's that like classic 50s dish that some people still are serving. Um, And it's basically fruit and or cottage cheese inside of gelatin. And it sounds terrible. And I don't know why it was ever a thing. Who, like the fruit, okay, maybe. But like, who thought, let's take a bunt cake mold, fill it with gelatin and cottage cheese and serve it and call it a salad. So I have personally witnessed it made with mint jello, maraschino cherries, and the bottom of it was mayonnaise. (gasps) Someone put this in front of me at a meal. Oh my god! I cannot. I can't. I can't look directly at it. Mint, mint Jello. The see the mint Jello with the maraschino cherries. I was like, oh, they're going like. I'm like, they're going mint julep, maybe. Like that's probably fine. That's probably fine. Like I'm not a lover of Jello, but I would probably be like, all right, whatever. Mm -hmm. But why are you putting? like cream based or creamy things only put cool whip on jello and even then it's weird you have to have sweet on sweet you have to have sweet on sweet come at me okay continue continue cucumber salad is one that sounds promising but it's not because shocker it contains a buttload of mayonnaise okay i like cucumber salad I'm actually going to go make tuna salad after this. So I talk about tuna salad. Uh, so cucumber is has uh, mayonnaise, mm-hmm. onions, vinegar, dill, maybe sugar. I don't know why maybe. Probably just up to taste. Um, and of course, slices of cucumber. I'm okay with that. I don't like dill necessarily. So if you go light on the dill, but... I'm better better than gelatin salad yeah i'll take it i just i can't do the sweet the sweet salads what is that as promised there's tuna salad which is tuna and mayo um and some veggies if you're feeling wild and then you can toss it on a cracker or a loaf of bread but you know what i respect tuna salad you know what i don't respect i like it yep you know what i don't respect tuna casserole listen there's somebody on my floor who is make like once a week makes, makes tuna casserole. And I, I want to like post a sign by the elevator that says, if you're making tuna casserole, please open your windows when you do it because it's flowing into the hallway and flowing into my apartment. And you are putting 
canned tuna into the oven. There's no way for that not to stank. Yep. It's hurting my life. It's hurting my life. <laughs> Another misleading salad is broccoli salad, which contains, you guessed it, mayonnaise, broccoli, cheese, bacon, onions, dried cranberries, and sunflower seeds. Get the cranberries out and go like light on the mayo and it's pretty good. I feel like it had a lot of promise and then it lost me with the mayonnaise. I'm not anti-mayonnaise. I'm totally okay with mayo. It's it's how much people put it in there. If I'm basically getting a mouthful of mayo, <sighs> it's not working for me. Let's talk about the Waldorf salad. Yeah, let's which talk about it. It just screams rich white people to me. And it was first introduced at a charity ball for orphans. <laughs> nailing the rich white people thing. <laughs> at the Waldorf. At, it was at the Waldorf Hotel. Yep. Um, and it was apples, celery, and mayonnaise. And nowadays, if you order yourself a Waldorf salad, it may also include grapes and chopped nuts. Yeah, I've had it with grapes and walnuts before. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... I don't like the mixture of savory and sweet or salty and sweet. It doesn't work for me personally. So like the whole like apples with salty stuff is kind of like a weird vibe for me. See, take out the mayo and do like a nice vinaigrette dressing instead and throw in some arugula. (laughs) Got yourself a good looking salad. She just wants to make essentially like a white people salsa. No, that's what ambrosia salad is. White, yeah, ambrosia salad is white people's salsa. <laughs> we have to talk about chicken salad. Okay. I love chicken, it. mayonnaise, mm-hmm. mustard, no, pickle relish, and pepper. Maybe. Okay. You can also throw in onions and celery, which honestly, if you're not going to have onions and, or celery in your chicken salad, why are you bothering eating you gotta it? You got to have like, a crunch. You got to have a little gotta bit of a crunch. You got to have the crunch. Yeah. I like chicken salad. My grandma makes really good chicken salad and she puts it in little, like tiny little puff pastry cups. Oh, so good. That sounds mm. really good. My mom makes, but my mom is <laughs> vegan, so she makes chickpea salad. Where it's essentially all the same things as chicken salad with your like celery and your onion and all that kind of stuff. But it's just mashed chickpea in it. And then you have like the um, vegan mayo. Which is, it tastes, literally does taste the same as mayo. It's one of those things that actually works. It just doesn't have egg in it. So, um, but it is actually really good. I do make it sometimes. You just get a can of chickpeas and make it with that instead of chicken. It's very, very good. Good on crackers. But let's get the mustard out of the business. The mustard doesn't need to be in there. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, you knew it was coming. It's time for the egg salad. Mm-hmm. Eggs, mustard, and mayonnaise. Okay, I really like egg salad. And you know who <laughs> else loves egg salad? The Japanese. Oh. So much egg salad here. There's tons of egg salad sandwiches. But I will say they eat them all on white bread that sticks to the roof of your mouth. So, Ugh, yep. yeah, but I'll take it. I'll take it with crackers or on like a good wheat bread that holds together. I'm just not a big egg person, so. I am very, we take it back to green eggs and ham where we're friend of the pod, yes. Mariah, and I eat eggs every single day of our lives. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we require them to live. But wait, okay. there's more mayonnaise salad to talk about. 
Okay. We're not e- we're not done yet. We are not out of the woods because we can't skip over macaroni salad. That is the most hit or miss food at a it's, potluck I have ever experienced oh, in yeah. my life. In in my life, I have put so much macaroni salad on a plate and so much has gotten straight up spit out and so much has also been like, "Oh, holy crap," and gone back for thirds. Mhm. This dish is a little up to you on the ingredients for those of you who are not familiar with it and have never had either really good or really bad at a potluck. Mm-hmm. But you must include mayonnaise. It's not a salad if there's not mayo in it. Of course. <laughs> Elbow pasta. Yep. And really whatever else you want in it. It's maybe celery or carrot. Got to get that crunch. Or if you're feeling wild, toss in some mini marshmallows and grapes. Call it a dessert. No. <laughs> no, what if you didn't do that? No, but I was at a somebody's EAS party a couple weeks ago, and somebody brought one of my neighbors brought a macaroni salad, and it had the little, uh, you know, those little tiny pepperonis. Oh, those were in it. It was really good. It was really really good. But then also, I've had somebody put pimento in it, which I'm on oh. the record as hating pimento. I've had people put olives in it, which I named my child Olive, but that doesn't mean I like olives. Just a good name. There's macaroni salad has been this hot takes with Kate. Macaroni salad is too open to interpretation. It is. It really is. It's too risky. If you are a frequent potlucker like we are, (laughs) you have, it's too risky. Okay. Mm -hmm. We got another potluck salad here. Potato Mm -hmm. salad. Pretty hit or miss, usually on the good side, though. It's usually on the good side. I mean, it's potatoes. It's hard to go wrong with potatoes. My egg is Jen's potato. Jen (laughs) lives for potatoes. She is a potato. (laughs) Okay, I'm going off on a tangent. You can cut this out if you want. Go for it. I love Um, it. I got a call from uh, the Arizona Health Department. They're doing their, like, healthy people survey thing. So, of course, participated. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were asking kind of about how much you eat fruits and vegetables. And then they're like, how often in the last 30 days have you eaten potato items? 32. <laughs> and I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I was like, I really like potatoes. Can you put that in the survey, please? <laughs> I really, just write, oh, it's a write-in. She really likes potatoes. <laughs> outlier only eats potatoes oh my god somebody had to graph this um potato salad another mayo-based salad Mm -hmm. uh usually made with red potatoes and you toss in that mayo maybe add some seasonings to fit whatever mood you're going for probably some dill i feel like dill is used a lot in potato salad there's a lot of dills and then bam perfect side for a barbecue So there's a lot of things you can put into a potato salad to make me have a visceral angry reaction. And Mm -hmm. uh, raisins and raisins. If you put raisins or raisins in it, you just ruined my life. And I hate you you and I'll never speak to you again. You just did everybody wrong and you should know better. Um, Some people put a buttload of mustard in it. Again, they like mustard on potatoes. That's your choice. But don't force it on other people. It is wrong. Your choice is wrong. (laughs) Your opinion's wrong. But potato salad, could it has the possibility of being an absolute potluck game changer. It's like the macaroni salad. Yep. There's too much room for error. 
yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of open, open-endedness, but I mean, man, I do love a, a no vegetable whatsoever salad from time to time. <laughs> okay. Obviously I did not cover pasta salad and fruit salad. Yeah. Um, I think those are generally healthier. So yeah. Pasta salad is kind of the same as macaroni salad. In yeah. A lot of ways. And then fruit salad is literally just a bunch of fruit. <laughs> just a bunch of fruit. But we're going to talk about a controversial salad. Some, oh, okay. as if none of these have been controversial. Kate had hot takes on all of them. <laughs> I have opinions on everything that's ever happened in the history of the planet. Which is why she requested I cover this. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> We're going to talk about coleslaw. Okay, is it a salad? In the, in the sense of that any of these were salads, then yes. But... In the sense that I don't believe that any of these things are actually salads, then no. It is cabbage, carrots, and drenched in mayo, because mm-hmm. why not? You have to. It's the great binder. Um, But yeah, that is a list of salads that are not salads, but really just methods of spooning mayo into your mouth. Yeah, and sometimes you just need to do that. Sometimes you have mm-hmm. to just put mayo in your mouth. I think that it would be interesting if people had to go to like a potluck or whatever and sit down barbecue, whatever you call them and take each individual ingredient and put that onto their plate so that you actually had like 12 tablespoons of mayonnaise and then just like a pile of sugar and stuff like that. And it's just like, okay, now mix it up. (laughs) Like you do it on your own, which I'm by no means like a super health conscious person. I'm in pretty (laughs) good shape, but I also eat trash half of my day because I'm a raccoon, but um, but yeah, the, the salad game at potlucks, man, because we also are have been in a, in a unique lifestyle where we have had potlucks and group meals with people from all over the place. Mm-hmm. So you're getting people from like Southern Ohio and then people from like Florida and people from Maine and stuff like that. And some people have some real interesting ideas of what's edible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people are just... A lot of ambrosia salad showing up places, <laughs> but that was a uh, that was soup and salad. I wish we could have done soup salad and breadsticks, even though breadsticks isn't really like that big of a thing. It's just really like soup salad and breadsticks. When I go to Olive Garden, I always get unlimited soup salad and breadsticks oh, yeah. because that's the best idea anyone ever had in the history of restauranteering. It really is. Yeah, shout out to my dad who has gotten this exact same soup and unlimited soup salad and breadsticks for the last like twenty years. But, uh, but yeah, this was a, a pretty good episode, a food-based episode, which I know we do love a good food-based episode. Mm-hmm. I was able to fit death into it. You're welcome. And I fit magic. And she fit something a little bit spooky, spooky into it. Um, but <laughs> do you know off the top of your head what we're doing next? It's okay if you Yes. Don't. I okay, what is believe it? it's Cops and Robbers. Oh, Cops and Robbers. I'm so excited about that one. That's going to be a really, really good one. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, if you, for some reason, have anything you need to tell us about your favorite non-vegetable-based salad, or if you have also been turned into a soup or plan to be turned into a soup, please contact us at weirdflexpodcast at gmail.com or on the Instagram at weirdflexpodcast. And I started, so I will begin our citation street. Let's do it. When talking about primordial soup, I got that information from Science Daily and Popular Mechanics. 
in the never-ending soup or perpetual stew that came from great big story on youtube cool little three minute videos very good interview with the proprietor of the restaurant the human soup or alkaline hydrolysis that came from ask a mortician on youtube with caitlin dowdy and stiff by mary roach which is probably my most quoted book of all time um (laughs) Talking about Andy Warhol's soup cans, that came from Faden.com and the MoMA website, Museum of Modern Art. Chicken Soup for the Soul came from NCIBooks.com, where they have a comprehensive list of all 300 different Chicken Soup for the Soul books. And uh, I'm going to remind you that I will be requiring every single one of you contact us at weirdflexpodcast at gmail.com and let us know which one of these your grandmother bought you when you went through puberty. (laughs) I got the etymology of salad from Etymology Online. National Geographic told us about elegantly dressed salads were once quite fashionable. And that had to do with when do you eat salads? Wikipedia for salad days. And our salad magic came from the Magic Kitchen blog. And the Daily Meal had all salads that aren't actually salad. And they ranked them. So if you're curious about these people's rankings of salads that aren't salads, check that out. Very nice. This is a good episode. I enjoyed it. I am going to go now write the mayo salad for the brain book series (laughs) we should seriously do that we need to write one mayo salads for your thoughts oh my god honestly so send us your mayo mayo salad salad for the brain mayo salad (laughs) salad for the brain brain. send us your mayo salad for the brain i look exactly like ray charles right now Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if, if you have any anecdotes for mayo salad for the brain, I love this idea. I think we could mm-hmm. self-publish an absolute banger. Oh, heck yeah. It would be great. But thanks so for send listening. Us, send us those tales. Lily says bye. Bye-bye, Lily. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.